Welcome to At the Table, a play reading series. We're releasing a mini season of short 10 to 20 minute pieces produced during self-isolation. These readings are being captured using voice memos on smartphones. This week, we're performing two plays by John Bavoso. This second piece is called Indelible. Be sure to also listen to the first play, Prometheus Shrugs, and also our cast and playwright interview episodes to learn more about this piece and the people involved. Now, let's meet our cast. Hey, I'm Vish, and I'm playing Preston, a man in his mid to late 30s, stable, steady, not prone to unscheduled whimsy, until today. Hey, I'm Nick Lehan. I'm playing Marcus, a man of any race in his late 20s to early 30s, an anxious flitter of a man. His resting emotion is panic. We're going to start with a quote that John put on the first page of our play. It's by Ursula Le Guin from The Left Hand of Darkness, and the quote is... The only thing that makes life possible is permanent, intolerable uncertainty, not knowing what comes next. Indelible by John Pavoso. At Rise, Marcus is alone in the living room of his apartment. He's making a concerted effort to not check his phone or pace, and mostly failing at both. After a moment or two of nervous fretting, Preston enters, dressed in work clothes. Oh my God! Nice to see you too, sweetheart. Marcus crosses and gives Preston a bear hug. Where have you been? I've been texting you for hours. Sorry, I had an errand to run after work. Turn my phone off. Why would you do that? I don't know, just wanted to be present. You know, in the moment. While running an errand. Yeah, why not? Preston puts down his bag and takes off his coat, wincing as he does so. Ouch. Are you okay? Yeah, I just... Preston seems to have a brief internal debate, but then smiles. He moves to the couch, bringing Marcus with him. He takes off his sweater and rolls up the sleeve of his undershirt, revealing a bandage on his upper arm. I did a thing. Jesus! Did this thing involve knives? No, nothing that dramatic, I'm afraid. Here, let me show you. Preston slowly and carefully removes the bandage, while Marcus looks on through his fingers like he's watching a horror film. What Preston eventually reveals is a very fresh, heart-shaped tattoo with Marcus's name in it. So, what do you think? Oh my god. Is that a- I know, the heart is a little cheesy. I thought about doing an anatomically correct one instead. Marcus jumps up from the couch. Please tell me that's temporary. Only in the sense that all human beings are temporary. Oh my god, what is wrong with you? Marcus begins pacing again. Nothing. What's wrong with you? I, I thought you'd be flattered. How could you do something like this without discussing it with me first? It's my body. It's my name! That you share with like a million other people. You put some other Marcus's name on your arm? No, of course not. Sit down, please. Marcus warily sits down, examining the tattoo closely. Did it hurt? Not as much as I thought it would. It was more like a scratch than a stab, but not bad. It's a little sore now, but it is a wound, I guess. I just... I'm sorry. I'm just caught off guard here. How long have you been planning this? Since this morning. Marcus leaps off the couch again. Are you kidding me? I mean, I've been talking about getting one for years. Yes, Talking about getting one, as in 
You bring it up after a couple glasses of wine, talk through a couple of ridiculous designs, then forget about it for six months. I don't know what to tell you. I woke up this morning and I just decided that today is the day. I still didn't know what I wanted, but I figured I'd make a game time decision when I got there. Which is what I did. So this is a game to you. Okay, in the past two years, I've gotten pretty used to your outsized reactions to minor situations, but I genuinely wasn't expecting this. This reaction is completely rational. Did you stop to think even for a minute about what kind of position this puts me in? Uh, your position remains unchanged as far as I can tell. Marcus begins pacing again. Oh God, I can't breathe. I feel like the walls are closing in around me. Wait, wait. Is this your way of proposing to me? What? No! No, and if I were, it would be going very poorly. Well, you might as well be. This is a huge commitment. Yeah, between me and my epidermis. How am I supposed to, with my name on your body, permanently? How are you supposed to what? I mean, I'm basically trapped. Trapped? Now Preston jumps to his feet. Wait, are you talking about leaving me? Only theoretically. You've been theorizing about ending our relationship? I mean, not any more than usual. So this is a regular thing for you? Fantasizing about our breakup? Well, it sounds terrible when you say it like that. Marcus takes a seat on the couch again. How do I say something like that in a way that's not terrible, exactly? Look, it's not that I want to break up with you. If anything, I'm terrified of it. So terrified that you spend a not insignificant amount of time thinking about it. I don't know how to... It's, it's like a talisman. Kind of. I think a lot about the worst possible thing happening so that I always have a plan to avoid it. Like, I'm super paranoid about the apartment burning down. So I take a photo of the dials of the stove every morning before I leave for work. Wow, seriously? So what's your big plan to avoid us breaking up? Well... A pretty key component was you never finding out that I think about it constantly. You're doing a fantastic job on that front. All I'm saying is, it can be scary to invest so much into something that could end tomorrow. Oh, how original. A gay man with commitment issues. But I've been working on it. I don't want to keep missing out on things I want because I'm afraid. Preston seems to be working something out in his head. Are you actually allergic to dogs? Excuse me? You said we couldn't get a dog because they make your eyes swell shut. Can we just stick to the question at hand? I find this to be extremely relevant, Marcus. Fine! You got me. There is no allergy. Just this ingrained knowledge that the question of canine paternity have ruined a lot of relationships. This is insane! You are insane! Okay. If we're going to talk about each other's particular brand of psychosis, what about you? What's with the sudden flight of indelible fancy? Don't try to change the subject. This isn't about me. Says the guy with the still-bleeding, inciting incident on his arm. I'm a grown man. I'm allowed to do something rash every now and then. Literally, the last spontaneous thing you did was being born three weeks early. It's just something I needed to do. Needed? Where exactly does getting inked fit into Maslow's little pyramid? It's your fault, if you must know. Okay, wow, this is going to be good. It is. You've been acting so weird lately. Weirder than normal, even by your standards. I don't know what you're talking about. The last few weeks, you've been practically vibrating with nervous energy. Every time I try to look you in the eye, you look away. 
That's not true. You've managed to be both cagey and flighty, which is not a thing that I thought was actually possible. Okay, we get it. You were an English major, but that doesn't mean what you're saying makes any sense. Honestly, it felt like, feels like I'm losing you. What? I needed to do something, something bold and dramatic and not like myself. So instead of talking to me, you bound me to your arm like some kind of homosexual wizard. Better me than J.K. Rowling, right? Would you listen to how nuts you sound right now? I just, I thought some kind of grand gesture would show you once and for all how much I love you and that I'm all the way in on this, on us. <laughs> What's so funny? I can't believe you just stood here and lectured me about how bonkers I am right after you pulled this. Yeah, that was maybe not so fair. I'm sorry. I promise, in my own warped way, I only had the best of intentions. Well, I can't say you were wrong about my behavior for the past few weeks. I've been on edge. But it's not because I'm leaving you. It's not? Not at all. Wait here. Marcus jumps up and runs out of the room. Preston is left to examine his new tattoo as a tinge of regret washes over his face for the first time. Marcus enters a moment later, holding a small gift bag. What's that? It's for you. I've been hiding it in different places around the apartment for about a month. I was waiting for the right time to- Marcus pulls a small ring box out of the bag. No way. Is that a... Yeah. I just decided it was time to... to stop being afraid. I need you to say something soon or I'm going to throw up on you. <laughs> okay, see, this is exactly what I was afraid of. No, it's not that. It's just you were afraid I would... which I thought meant you were going to... which led me to... This is like the stupidest O. Henry story ever written. Some people might say this is a sign neither of us are ready for such a big commitment. So, is that a yes? I mean, at this point, who else would be crazy enough to have us? <laughs> <laughs> they hug. Preston winces. I can't believe you actually got a tattoo. I know, right? Well, if we ever do break up, I guess I can change it to Mark Twain. It's no wino forever, but it's good to have a backup plan. They collapse contentedly back onto the couch, still entangled. So what kind of dog should we get? I was thinking about a cute little Maltese. A Maltese? Those things live for 15 years. Maybe we should just stop talking now. They kiss as the lights fade. End of play. At the Table, a play reading series is produced by Charging Moose Media. Our artistic director and senior producer is Rachel Flynn. Editor is Ned Donovan. Associate producer is Megan Bagala. Music this week is by Marcus Thorne Bagala. Special thanks to our playwright John Bavoso and our cast Nick Lehan and Vishal Vaidya. Be sure to tune in to our cast and playwright interview episodes where you can learn more about the team behind this piece. See you next time.